Blog Talk Radio. How's everything going? Hello? Hey, Drew. Can you hear me today? I sure can. All right, man. I appreciate it. Uh, This is the second week that we've had some technical difficulties, so as soon as I get done with (laughs) you, I'm going to be calling Blog Talk Radio to see what's going on because... That is one thing, you know, we've talked before, and I'll give you a little introduction here in a second, but, you know, you do your pod, uh, your podcast, let me get that podograph, and you record, and I go live, and when I have issues, I kind of lose the whole show, so, uh, right, you know, that's that's the one thing, you know, people say about me going live, they're surprised, but, you know, we were talking yesterday about Blog Talk Radio, and I was giving them props, man. I was saying how great they were, how much I loved it. And today this happened. So it happened. It happened. So let me give you a formal introduction. This is Drew from let me get that potograph. Uh, you guys probably know him. Uh, he's had a lot of stuff going on lately, especially some new stuff with Panini. Uh, the letter rip has been, you know, as you guys say, taking the nation by storm. So, you know, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little bit of a background as to, you know, you guys are on episode 48, 49, something like that now. So introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. Uh, well, thanks for having me on the show. I'm uh, glad to be on. It was nice to finally meet you up at National and uh, play yeah, some finally. pool up at the, uh, at the Panini party. But uh, yeah, my name's Drew. I'm the host of <clears throat> Let Me Get That Potograph, for those of you that don't know me. And uh, yeah, we're going to have episode 49 will be out uh either late this evening or early tomorrow morning uh it was Stu's birthday this week my co-host so recording got pushed back a little bit but uh yeah we started we just finished up our first year and going strong we've got the new letter rip web show like you said out with uh which Panini's working with us and now uh, we're previewing and reviewing some products pretty much taking our letter rip segment and making it into video format and uh then i've also started doing a show with eric norton from fat packs a live show every tuesday that's called driving the donkeys <laughs> and we're uh following the denver broncos rookie class throughout 
the year and kind of watching. I, I refer to it on the show all the time as a day trading market these days in the hobby that, that you know, the cards fluctuate so quickly. And we're pretty much doing a case study on the Broncos rookie class since it is really the – in my opinion, at least the cream of the crop in terms of top to bottom rookie class. We're following them all year. And, uh, it's a fun show on Tuesdays at uh, 9.30 as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on right now. So I kind of want to put you on the spot. Um, I told you that I was listening to your episode, uh, so it would have been 48, that you had Eric on the show, and you guys had a, a variety of topics. And you kind of asked Eric the questions, but I think I want to ask you the same questions that you asked Eric uh, just to kind of get a little warm up here going, how did you start podcasting? And I want to know, like, what made you want to do it? Did you listen to any before you started? Um, any background in radio or music or anything like that? And I, I kind of know a few of the answers, but I kind of want to hear you divulge a little bit of information for the listeners. Because I think for me and for you and for Eric and all those guys and Go GTS, I think that's one of the things that kind of gets overlooked is why we do it and how we started. Right. So I kind of want to, I want to let you kind of tell your story a little bit. Sure. Uh, well, first and foremost, I've been, I was, uh, I've been doing TV production all the way back from freshman year of high school. Uh, we had, we had video announcements and for all four years I did the video morning announcements and stuff like that. So it really goes back to, high school when I knew I wanted to start, you know, getting into this stuff. And I was always big into sports, played a lot of sports from hockey to hockey, football, baseball, basketball, all of them. And I uh, was, I'm a smaller guy, as you know, when you met me. So sports was never an option, but sports journalism is something that I always wanted to do. And uh, I went to school at East Carolina and got a degree in public relations and journalism, uh, and then kind of took some time off from that and actually played music and toured and did a lot of that and did a lot of recording and a lot of, uh, a lot of just, uh, aspiring musician with hopeless dreams kind of, kind of deal. And then I settled into working back into my journalism field and, you know, I, I'd, I'd really done everything, a lot of print, um, journalism. I did some stuff in college with the radio station and I did some, I've worked as a Panthers beat writer for a couple of magazines or a couple of uh, online publications and stuff like that. And when I got back into collecting cards, I, like a lot of people, took some time off as a collector from when I was a kid through the, the high school and college years when you're busy doing other things. And uh, when I got back into it, when my a little bit before my son was born, I kind of started I was I've always been big into reading and so I I was reading Ryan Cracknell articles and stuff like that as I was getting back into the hobby and it just it looked to me as something that you know it automatically became something that I found myself just obsessed with and I found myself starting to write about the hobby and start started listening and finding podcasts I found fat packs and stuff like that and go GTS, like you'd mentioned earlier. And then I really, I really just decided that, you know, I really love the online community and the conversations that go on in the community. And, you know, they can divulge into, you know, week long conversations over a single topic. And I really, really loved that aspect of it. And, you know, the podcast seems like the logical thing to do. And, 
you know, it was something that I really, really wanted to do because I just really wanted to talk about the hobby. And I, I lucked out that Stu, my co-host, lived close by. We had never met when we started the show. Um, we had collected a couple times. We were both Panther guys, so we traded back and forth a million times, but had never actually met. And I asked him if he wanted to do the show, and he said, yeah. And we met up, and <laughs> the rest is history. You know, it's something you talked about having somebody that was close to you. And it kind of made me think, you know, going back to what um, I've said before, you know, we, we know each other and it's just the way that the hobby is like, we know each other, but we don't, you know, you're, you're in North Carolina and I'm in Pittsburgh area and then Eric's in Texas. And then, you know, you've been on one of my older podcasts and the other co-hosts He's in Dallas, Texas, but he's from West Virginia, where I'm from. So it's that kind of it's it's weird how it's a big world and a small world at the same time. And, you know, we've known each other for almost a year. I had known Eric for who probably three or four years, but never actually met either one of you in person until the national. And I've heard you say and Eric say and then I've even I'm you know, I'm saying it now like oh, I was so happy to finally meet you after you know, X, Y, and Z conversations. It's, it's funny how it takes so long for people to meet in person, but it's just the way that the hobby has become. It is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, I, I've mentioned it countless times, but I'll say it again. I've gotten to know a lot of you guys. I mean, Eric, you, the guys from go Chief, GTS, Rob, Ivan, all those guys. I mean, they've, I know them a lot more than a lot of, my actual friends here in town, <laughs> you know, I, I interact yeah, the same with here. Some of these people more, more than I do, you know, people that I would actually consider friends at home. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a very interesting world that we're living in these days, but that's the really cool thing about this hobby, I think. And, you know, what you said right there just says that there, there's such a strong community and like, and then, and you know, I mean, we're all in an industry where we're all putting out different shows and we're all trying to have the most listeners as possible. Obviously, that's that's what we want to do. And just how supportive everybody is of each other and how close knit, I mean, the podcasting community and the hobby community in general. I mean, there's there's really no end to the the depth that people are willing to go to help people out in this hobby and just work together. And, you know, it, it's an awesome thing. And it's something, it's something that I love about the hobby and, you know, I'm honored to be a part of it. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and especially coming off of the podcast round table, the national uh, it's the support is there. Uh, you know, we are not enemies by any stretch of the imagination. No. It's more of a friendly competition of, you know, well, you did this. Well, that's pretty cool. I want to try this. And, you know, talking to you guys and it's just like, man, I gotta, I gotta step my game up every week just because of everything that everybody else does. That that's so cool. Um, but so I want to go into the other topics. I knew this was going to happen. I knew we were going to get sidetracked into our sure. love obsession with the hobby, but so there's two main things that we wanted to talk about today. And one we've kind of talked about before, but it's been a few months. It'll be kind of nice to get a recap um, of the tops living sets. And then to me, this Colton Welker issue, um, 
the whole autograph, I don't know if it's a fiasco or a controversy or whatever yeah. you want to call it from Bowman High Tech. Right. Um, some of your listeners have probably heard about it. I don't know if I'm sure we share some listeners, but I don't know if everybody on my end is up to par with what's going on or up to speed. So definitely fill them in. And then I have a few questions for you because it's been a week or two yeah. since I've kind of paid attention to it. So we'll kind of see where you're at and then I'll get, I'll ask my questions there at the end. Absolutely. Well, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, um, a couple of weeks ago, right when High Tech released, I, a buddy of mine who's a, a big prospector, he's one of the biggest prospectors I know. I mean, the, the guy gets thousands of in-person autographs a year from minor league games and has followed Colton for his pretty much his entire career, sent me some pictures of some High Tech autographs that he has where he's he's had the same signature. He's had maybe two or three variations of it but they've all been very, very, very similar. And a certain amount of these high tech, the base, and now it's come out some of the colored parallels had a very, very different signature on it. And not even a different signature, but really a different flow of handwriting and everything. So after I looked at it, I reached out to a couple of different authentication experts and asked their opinions. And they all said that, you know, they were very suspect, but they'd like to see him in person. And information at waxpack.blog, um, the article and everything's up on it. But we went through and we'd been looking at it and the autographs just seemed really way off. So I reached out to Colton's agent, to the team, to pretty much anybody that I could try and get in touch with regarding him, to tops everybody and nobody would respond back to us. And so we posted it for other people to look at. Now, I wanna, one thing I do want to preface here is when we wrote the article, in no way, shape, or form am I saying that, you know, Colton, Walk, Colton Walker did anything wrong. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that these are fake or that they are altered, but I, I admin on the scammers page on Facebook. I, I love this hobby. And we've seen from the deck auto pen scandal to tack McKinley last year in contenders to, I mean, when Steve grad was on our show almost a year ago, he talked about how there's still Troy Aikman top certified autos that are 1000% auto penned on the market today. I mean, this stuff happens and it's out there. And so we wanted to do our due diligence on it. And uh, once we got three authentication experts from very reputable people in this industry saying that they were questionable, we thought it was something that needed to be looked into. And so if you haven't seen them, go take a look. They're very, very easy to see because half of the set are signed with his normal signature. And then the base and a couple of the higher number colored parallels have a a very odd signature to say the least. Yeah. So uh, to step in just for one second there. Sure. Cause I know everybody can't see them. Obviously <clears throat> one, absolutely. The one that looks to be his normal signature is not necessarily a scribble, but it can kind of be classified as a yeah. scribble signature. The other one that's in question it's not that it's perfect cursive handwriting, but between the two, it almost looks like somebody followed exactly how we were taught. You know, I might be a little older than you. I don't know. 
but how we were taught in second or third grade to write in cursive, exactly. it looks almost perfect cursive. And it's very, it's, it's obvious that something's going on, but so, well, if you look at, ask, if you look at autographs in the, if you look at autographs of his in the past, even, I mean, we, this wasn't something that I looked up and just threw up within 20 minutes. I mean, we, right. I, being in, being a journalism major, I went really in depth with this and found autographs of his where he spelled out his full name dating back to when he was pretty much coming out of high school. And that's where, when you look at even those, which are in the article is where, you know, there's a, there's a drastic difference in this. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of yes or no questions just to clarify. Have you gotten a response from tops? Tops has not actually gotten back to me personally um, regarding the issue other than Susan reached out and said that they had uh, issued a statement. Um, But tops did issue a statement saying that he, he was trying out a new signature and then halfway through decided to go back to his normal one. And Colton put that pretty much the exact same statement word for word out on Twitter and so those are the statements that they've made. And I've actually spoken to Colton since this. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I try, he's not happy with me as you would imagine, but I tried to explain to him that, you know, I'm not, I, I'm really not trying to say that he necessarily did anything. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of everything. And, I I tried to discuss everything with him, but he didn't really want to talk about it and just pretty much reiterated the same statement. So they're saying that he tried a new signature and that he decided to go back halfway through. Okay. So have you since noticed uh, his autograph cards in Bowman Chrome that have come out after the fact? Have you seen those? So those have the scribble signature. Yep. Correct. Have, were any of those in question? Uh, did any of those have that supposed new signature by any chance? I didn't know if you had researched into that. Not that I have seen. I've looked for every, I've, I've been following it up. I've got multiple different, uh, things going on to try and figure out if there is a definitive way to get this going or not. It's just unfortunately taking time. Yeah. Um, but but I haven't seen that signature used anymore and we actually, like I said, my friend uh, Daniel, that's a prospector that brought this to my attention, he has <laughs> since spoken to his prospecting friends and everything and seen videos of Colton, the two or three days before high tech has come out and since then signing in person and none of them, they've all been that same signature. He stuck to that very, very same signature for a very long time before. I mean, you'd have to go back, like I said, to pretty much right. when he was coming out of high school and some of those early like stars and stripes or, you know, like one-off products to find any variation of the signature besides this, like you said, and it, and it reminds me exactly of what you said when I was in school of when you're taught cursive. And it's like, I mean, it looks like it, someone took a handwriting class and then wrote those autographs. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I even, you had mentioned talking or you had mentioned watching 
videos of him signing. I did the same thing this morning because I thought, oh, I'll just check if, you know, he's signing anything on YouTube or, you know, whatever. And <laughs> there are videos. There's a 20-second video on YouTube of him signing like 12, 10 or 12 autographs, probably in a minor league game where the autograph hounds, I don't want to say that it sounds negative, but the autograph hounds, how they set their cards and photos in a little tray and they have them taped to where the player can yeah. sign like six or seven right in a row. He <laughs> signs six or seven for two people and it's all the scribble. There is no yeah. perfect handwriting Colton Welton signature or Colton Welker signature. And to me, it just seems like it's an odd time to practice a new signature on a card. Exactly. I would practice it on scrap paper or, you know, whatever. And my signature has changed, and I'm sure other people's signatures have changed. You know, I can directly attribute it to one job where I had at a retail store. Every time we opened the cash register when there wasn't a sale or every time there was a return as a store manager, I had to sign the receipt so eventually it just got shorter and shorter so I could be quicker and quicker, but it's still relatively the same, you know, and trying to ch- change your signature or even stop it from changing because you sign so much. That's a difficult thing for an adult. You know, that's something you would do as a teenager. So I'm not saying that it's a lie by any stretch, but um, it's not a likely reason in my book. It's, it's doable and it's believable, but I don't think it's a likely reason um, for what happened. And I'm not going to ask no, you, I and I want you to. No, I completely <clears throat> agree with you. And I, you know, like I said, I was not, I'm not trying to set out, like a lot of people say, like, why are you trying to like ruin this guy's name or something? I'm not, but in an At era all, where no. we're paying sometimes $500, $600 flawless cases over a grand a box, and stuff like that and with so many autographs in the past being proven that there's been problems with them there's safe safeguards need to be done you know i mean it's not worth it's not it's not worth not checking out and just double checking and making sure everything's legit and that what us as collectors are paying for we're getting what we're supposed to be getting paid for which are authentic autographs we all know how many fakes there are i mean heck at the national Someone had the audacity to set up an entire booth of fake stuff. I mean, the hobby is full of this stuff, and it happens all the time. And so when something is suspect, it, you know, it needs to be looked into. And so that that's why I brought it up, and that's why, you know, we decided to look into it. And we do have – I do have a couple of things. We should have an update here in about a week or two. Um, It's taking a lot longer to get a couple of things done that we wanted to, but we should have some verification here in the near future on exactly what's going on because, you know, he's a, he's a great baseball player and he's a, and he's a great guy also. I did get to talk to him and he is a great guy. And, you know, it's, you know, like I said, you just want to make sure what people are paying their hard-earned money for and what they're investing in this hobby is authentic. Well, at one point, I want to – I have one question and one point I want to bring up. You know, sure. I have not paid attention to his stats. I don't know what he's at, where – you know, where he's at, what he's doing. I have no clue. But what if in six years – 
this guy's putting up Mike Trout numbers and all of a sudden, and you haven't done your research and you haven't done your article on this card. And all of a sudden we're looking back and we're like, well, why was nobody writing about this? Why was nobody making us aware of this? You know, maybe he becomes a common card and his autograph is a dollar or $2 in you know, five, six, 10 years. But what if it's not, you know, that's where exactly. we have to be proactive on this situation or these types of situations. And I've read your article from top to bottom. <clears throat> it's not accusatory whatsoever. Um, so no. anybody that says that it is, or why are you trying to throw him under the bus? I think they're just looking to start trouble. Um, I think you were very fair in the article and in the situation, given how polar opposite the signatures are. It's not like you were trying to take one scribble and say that it doesn't look like the other scribble. You know, these are very obviously different. So um, I, I will commend you on that for taking, you were completely down the middle and completely gray on this. Um, you know, you weren't black or white and saying, you know, yes, for sure. This is fake. This is not him. You know, that's not the case whatsoever. Um, you were very fair in just saying, Here's what it is. What do you think? You know, this is a newsworthy, and, and let's get to the newsworthy item. Let's find out. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's just find out what's going on. So one last question I want to ask about that. Sure. <clears throat> the ones that have the suspect autograph, I guess we can say, are those cards numbered or are they unnumbered autographs? Do you know? Now, when the article was initially written, it which is right when High Tech came out, it was all the base parallels that we'd seen, or okay. all the base card autos, and then one purple. But since then, I, I did check about a day or two ago, and I've seen a couple on the green parallel, like the green and purple parallels, which uh, don't quote me 110%, but I yeah. believe those are the two highest numbered parallels that they are. All so they're the scattered. Low numbered, all of the low numbered stuff I haven't seen, like is in terms of like the 10 fives, or I don't think any of right. the one ones have been pulled, but any of the low, low ones all have that same signature, all have his, you know, his scribble, his normal signature. Um, but gotcha. most of them were relegated to the base set. Now, almost all of the base set that I saw was um, this new signature, which that's why that's another thing that you, you kind of touched on it earlier. If I'm sitting in front of a massive stack of a couple of thousand cards, that's not what I'm thinking about um, writing exactly perfect cursive. But uh, right. that's me. <laughs> Neither here nor there. But, yeah, I have seen them on a couple of the colored parallels, but most of what I've seen on the colored stuff has been his normal signature. Now, does it seem that there is any sort of price increase or price differences between the two? Like, say, if there's two base, one of each, is there a different price, uh, you know, a selling price on eBay? Or, say, for the purple, if there's one of each autograph, do they sell differently or any information on that that you know of? I haven't seen any yet. You know, it's funny you mention that. I actually was looking at that. That's why I was looking just the other day was to see. And, you know, they're really – he's not going for a ton right now. His base ones are pretty cheap. Some of the higher Around 10 bucks. parallels – Yeah, some of the higher number parallels are going uh, 
for you know an an okay penny, but uh, they're nothing astronomical at the moment. But um, no, they're pretty much staying around the same right now. But uh, I have looked just to see because I did speak with a lot of a lot of people in uh, the industry on this, and I do see that none of the none of them have been graded yet that I have seen, and none you know, whatsoever from either signature have been graded from high tech yet. So that's one thing that I'm going to be interested to see, but, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be more information here soon. Like I said, I've got a couple of, uh, couple of things going on to try and get to the bottom of it for a definitive yes or no, but, uh, that'll probably be a couple of weeks before, um, we can get all that information, but we will definitely be updating everybody as soon as, uh, as soon as that information is available. Okay. So I think we've, we've spent enough time on this Colton Welker and, you know, maybe he's listening probably upsetting him a little bit, but so the other thing we wanted to talk about was tops living. Uh, the tops living set is a new concept this year uh, for 2018. And we talked it, me, you, and Ken Kinsley talked on another podcast earlier in the year about this. And I want to say that was in March, somewhere around that time where yeah. the set had been announced, but I don't think at that point they had been delivered yet. No, um, none had been. When we talked, the set had been announced, but I don't even think they'd uh, they'd even put the first three cards available for sale when we talked, if, okay. if I remember correctly. So let's just, let's talk personal, uh, personal collection. Have you purchased any of these tops now or tops now tops living set cards? Um, I got a couple of them at the national just because, um, when I was there with wax pack nation, Jared, who runs it, he has, probably more of these cards than anyone I've ever seen. And and so I I purchased a couple of them from him as singles, but no, I haven't gotten any in terms of, you know, ordering off of online and getting them through tops. Okay. So for me personally, I started and I ordered the first three. So that was Aaron Judge, Joe Panic, and Nick Castellanos. And the way that it works is every week, every Wednesday, I believe, um, I think it's every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, three new cards are released by Tops, And there are a couple rules to the set. It's three cards a week. Um, it's every week of the year. It's not just during baseball season or not just, you know, in the month of June or, you know, whatever you whatever rule you want to make up. Um, but the one rule that kind of sticks out to most people, <clears throat> let me find the wording here from Tops. And I'll read that. As part of the Living Set program, Tops will issue one card for every player unless that player changes teams. Three new players will be offered every week and will be available for purchase for just one week. So it's similar to the Tops now, but it's also different at the same time. Um, the cards are printed on demand. So if 4,000 cards are ordered, that's what's printed um, and so on and so forth. You know, I think Aaron Judge had around 14,000 that were yeah. ordered and printed something like something astronomical like that 13256 and to show you a little bit of the comparison judge had 13000 joe panic had 3600 nick castellanos had 3600 so a wide 
margin between those three players as far as their print run goes. I can say for a fact that when these three were available for sale, I almost bought, you know, 10 of the Panic and Castellanos because I thought, man, what if, you know, what if there's a short printer? What if there's something that I thought, nah, they'll be fine. Well, <laughs> that was a huge mistake on my part because yeah. Panic and Castellanos are, what, $150, $200 a piece right now on eBay? Oh, easily. And, and that also like has that, a yeah. lot to do. Yeah, that also has a lot to do with, you know, and that's what I, that's the one thing about this stuff that I do love is that, you know, the low, the different print runs for the different players. But, you know, a lot of that also has to do with when Tops first started it those first couple of weeks, as you can attest since you said you got them, the packaging was uh, pretty awful compared to what it is now. And um, they improved it a lot. So a lot of those were coming in damage too. But yeah, those, uh, if you'd uh, bought, Ten of those first couple, those are the those are the big ones in that set. <laughs> well, see, so for me personally, I kind of got off off track there a little bit. For me personally, I ordered one set of the first three, so I got all three cards. If you buy the cards individually, they're seven ninety nine. If you buy all three as a set, it's fifteen dollars. So it's a roughly nine dollar discount to order them as a set. Each one is still printed on demand, but for me personally, I ordered the first three, four, five, and six, which are Reese Hoskins, Ian Happ, and Nick Markakis. I completely forgot and didn't order. Well, just so happens, Nick Markakis, who has the lowest print run of all cards at 2,678, is not the holy grail, but it is the most sought-after card, and it's two, three hundred dollars now. And you're talking two or three hundred dollars yep. in seven months or in a seven month turnaround for one card that costs five dollars upon release. So we don't see that kind of profit, I guess you could say, or that kind of ROI on cards and that short of amount of the time we are talking seven months and it's Nick Markakis. You know that that's oh. what surprises me. The print run 2600 that's a lot by today's standards but it amazes me that 2600 is a low print run and people are paying two or three hundred dollars for this card oh i i could not agree with you more um it it blows my mind the resale value of this set and how it is but you know that turnaround like you said i mean you don't even see that with star rookies i mean no heavy <laughs> in, in regular sets unless it's you know an Aaron Judge type of season, uh, but yeah, that I've I've always been a little blown. I was blown away at the national. That's when I saw it. Like I said, Jared, who was uh, running the booth that we were running our show out of, he had he does um, group pre sales with them, and he probably had a hundred of each person on there, except for the couple of let you'd mentioned those super low print runs he had, you know, maybe 20 or 30 right. of them. And, and when I saw how many, I mean, people flocked to that table and were just snagging them up all weekend. Um, there's a, there's a crazy demand for him in the hobby, which, you know, I, it kind of shocked me, especially when, like you said, print runs are kind of what the hobby is about this. I mean, this day and age, it's what people really, look at all the time, you know, and exclusivity is what drives this hobby is to see 
to see cards like that, like you said, the lowest print run being 2,600, I mean, that's like, I don't know, that reminds me of like 1990s hockey numbered cards <laughs> when 2,600 yeah, print run. Um, so it's, it's crazy. Well, especially when the collecting hobby world that we live in today, where one of ones aren't what they were 10 years ago. I mean, you're talking press plates don't sell for what they did 10 years ago. And a one-on-one, no. you know, there's a one-on-one for this person's card, but everybody else has a one-on-one as well. So to see a card that has almost 2,700 printed selling for two or $300, and it's not Trout, Otani, Harper, Machado, right. it's not those guys. It, it's completely insane. Um, I wanted to say and kind of tell everybody a couple of the print runs that astound me. Um, Acuna had almost 47,000 cards printed. The <laughs> Tawny had 21,000. Now, granted, these guys are selling for five bucks a piece, but, you know, the fact that 40,000, okay, we're not going to, yeah. I'm jumping the gun. 40,000 people didn't order it. You know, maybe 20,000 right. people ordered a hundred, you know, and then different varying quantities, but, it just it blows my mind um, that people are ordering roughly, we'll say these three guys, five thousand, six thousand, four thousand. So, Tops is selling fifteen thousand cards a week at least, um, printed on demand, which means they're not paying extra for wasted cards and wasted paper and all that stuff. To me, this is where the hobby is going, and I don't want to get too off track because there's a couple things I want to bring up about this living set, but this on-demand, the tops now, the tops living, do you think it just snowballs and it keeps going, or do you think we're kind of maxed out as to where we're at with this stuff? Um, I, it's, I think it's the whole hobby in general, I think, is really in a shift, and it's changing a lot, and I think for the most part, it's changing for the better. There's some things that I don't think are too great, but I think that, you know, on-demand sets and stuff like that, I do think they're going to increase. I don't, I don't know if the, the top living set, I think they're going to have to, the idea of the idea of what they have going and doing the, the one player, unless they change teams type of deal. It's cool, but I do think they're going to have to start adding some type of variation to it or some type of something down the line to keep everything up. I don't think it's something that'll just keep going as normal, at least to continue to see these numbers. But um, I do think the, you know, people love the, the tops now and the Panini instance as well. I mean, and some of them are awesome. Like you do get to see some really cool stuff. Like after the playoffs, you're going to end up seeing some of those, um, you know, from tops, you're going to see like dual base autographs from the playoffs. Yeah, and they've already started base. that. Too. I mean, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, they, there's some really, really awesome stuff that they do in the on demand industry, which is really great. But uh, yeah, it's different. But no, I don't, I don't necessarily see the on demand industry peaking. But if it's if tops living in general, if it just stays the way it is. I can see, I can see it kind of becoming stale here in the future because there's already a couple of decisions that they've been making that a lot of collectors aren't too happy about. <laughs> so, 
I want to touch on the on-demand stuff, and then we'll go into the decisions that you were talking about because I think we're probably talking sure. and thinking the same stuff. With the on-demand, I'm it's a love-hate, you know. The Bryce yep. Harper X, where it's supposedly the Bryce Harper picked all the players and the car designs and all that. I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan. My son's name is Bryson. You know, it's 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 in my blood. It's in my house. It's not going anywhere. I ordered two of these sets, you know, and I'm checking my tracking my shipping app to today to see if they're coming today or if maybe they're coming tomorrow. You know, one of those days they're coming to my house but I'm just waiting for that notification. So to me, there are positive aspects, but I think I'm kind of like you on this tops living to where they're going to have to spruce it up or do something to, they're going to have to do something to appease everybody, the set collectors, the player collectors, the team collectors, the autograph collectors, like something's going to have to be done, you know, and the rule that kind of I don't for some reason a lot of people were confused this week because Manny Machado had a Dodgers card and earlier yeah. this season he had the Orioles card um so he was the first one to actually be printed twice um he was the first one to have two cards one from each team and I saw a couple of people that were like well hey it's only supposed to be one card per person you know and I think there was some confusion, but Machado was the first because he was traded from the Orioles to the Dodgers. And there's a good chance that he won't be a Dodger at oh, you know, come yeah. next, next season. So they had to make that decision, not necessarily now, but they probably had a month because as soon as the Dodgers are out of the playoffs, boom, Machado's a free agent. You know, his Dodger yeah. career could be over. That's exactly why they did that. No, that's exactly why they did that. <laughs> it was because, and, and I don't think he's a Dodger next year um, at all. And that's, they wanted to capitalize 100% on getting him in that Dodger uniform. So, uh, like you said, they had a very, very limited window, and I don't think the Dodgers are in the playoffs that much longer anyway. And so, yeah, they definitely put that out because he'll he'll be the first player to be on three, absolutely. Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement with you on that. I think he will be the first person to be in three. And I kudos to Tops for doing that, but also shame on Tops for missing one. Uh, to me, they missed one, and it was Daniel Murphy. You know, they made him yeah. in a Nationals card. That was August 15th. I get it. You know, he's a newly acquired Cub, but I think they missed that window. You know, they didn't make his Cubs card, and the Cubs are out of the playoffs. And I'm I'm sure Tops thought, okay, well, we don't have to worry about that. We can do that next week. The Cubs aren't going to lose, and they lost. So, <clears throat> not that Daniel Murphy is Bryce Harper or Machado or any of those guys by, by any means, <clears throat> but to me, I think this team change and the Machado thing that we talked about having multiple cards – He'll have three different team cards within a year, or at least it's a possibility. Um, but they need to be more on top of this to where any of these people that are even slight possibilities, but this is, to me, this is adding a variation to a set, but in a formal way. It's kind of weird. But 
they need somebody to be to be paying attention. Like, hey, we already did Danny Murphy as a national. We need to do him as a Cub, and then we can do him as a Philly or you know wherever he goes next year. Because I don't think he stays there either. But what are your feelings on the set? Um, because it's one card per person unless they change teams. And we all know that they've had some retired players, Mattingly, Clemente, Ted Williams, Bo Jackson. What are your feelings on those guys only being being allowed to have one card? Uh, well, the set in general. First, first, I wanted to touch on that Murphy. He absolutely okay. should have been done twice, especially yeah. for Cub fans because they have such a diehard collecting fan base. And let's be real, 100% he's the agree. reason they were in the playoffs to begin with. <laughs> Daniel Murphy is the only reason Chicago's in the playoffs right now, or was in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. I think the set, like I said, the set's got, you know, I, it's a love-hate thing for me 100%. But one thing that I do think they're missing the mark on big time is for team collectors. Because the Tigers, for instance, I think uh, I'm 99% sure they have one card in the entire set so far the Detroit Tigers they may have a second but I'm pretty sure it's only one I'm looking I think you're correct and it just it's odd to me that you know when you're doing a set like this the whole idea is that it's going to go on forever and if you're going to want to keep these people these collectors and the people that are buying them interested in it you're going to need to at least represent all the teams a, a little bit I don't expect as many Tigers as Yankees or Braves or, you know, whatever. But And I'm not a Tigers collector. It just stuck out when I saw that they only had one. And so I think I think they're doing a little disservice to some of the teams in terms of balancing it out like that. Um, from, the, from just the set in general, I mean – like I said, I, I think it's cool, but I, they're, they're definitely just missing the mark on some things for me that uh, have gotten me, at least me personally, I, I was following it like crazy when it first came out, but I've slowly started to fade back a little bit. And uh, the veterans, it doesn't really – now, have they said uh, for 100% that veterans, even if they are retired players, even if they were only – even if they played on different teams, they're only getting one card? Is that how Tops well, is doing it? They didn't. <clears throat> excuse me. They didn't say either way, you know. And that's. I think okay. that's where it's kind of tricky to people. Is how do the retired players count? Right. Yeah. See, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff up in the air with the set. I think, and and I mean, I think that goes with the name Tops Living. I think you know, it's a living thing. I think it's gonna. I hope at least for for their sake to continue something, you know, which has started off great that it keeps evolving and growing a little bit and getting, you know, like we've mentioned a couple times, it it changes it up a little bit to keep everybody interested. But right. I don't know. I think they need to really need to I hope they've started planning everything out. It'll be interesting for me to see in the off season, you know, once the playoffs and stuff are done, once the season's over with what the releases are like then, if they're going to be focusing a lot more on the retired players then to see where people go. Cause you've got that whole period where a ton of people are going to be changing teams. And so I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting set and it's 
one thing for sure is they've got a lot of people like myself and people that just enjoy following the hobby in general. They've got a lot of people following it and watching it and seeing what's going to happen with it. So they're definitely sparking the interest that they wanted with it. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Um, I think, you know, we've both mentioned they need to tweak a couple of things or do a couple of things differently going forward. Um, one thing I was really hoping for, uh, there's two things that I think they should do, but one thing I was really hoping for that doesn't look like it's going to happen is, you know, somebody like Ricky Henderson or Bo Jackson. And I don't know if you were collecting in 2002, but 2002 baseball, Leaf Rookies and Stars, they did a cool concept, in my opinion, to where I don't remember numbers or anything like that offhand, but Ricky Henderson's card in 2002, Leaf Rookies and Stars, he had seven or eight variations or whatever it was. They were all the same card number, but each one pictured him for a different team. So it was almost like a variation uh, the way that Topps does it now, but a little expanded. And they did other players like that. Randy Johnson was one. He had Expos cards and Seattle cards and the whole deal. You know, that is something that I – kind of was hoping for, you know, Bo Jackson would have had a Royals, a White Sox, an Angels card, you know, Ricky would have had all his people or all his teams. And then one thing I think I would like to see going forward is with the tops now, they do, you can buy the base cards or you can buy the autographs. And then with some of their sets, you can buy the base set where there's no chance of an autograph or you can pay twice as much and have the chance for an autograph. I would like to see them just do $15 no matter what, you know, if you're buying one set or 10 sets or however much, it's $15. But say this week that has Machado, there's a hundred Machado autographs out there, but you're still going to pay the $15 just like you would for a pack of tops. That's two bucks at X, Y, and Z store. And you still have the chance for an autograph. I would rather them do that to where it doesn't really mess up the flow of this set and your purists are still happy, but your autograph collectors are happy too. Um, I don't know if that's something that they can do or they will do, but it's one of the tweaks or one of the suggestions that I have. Um, didn't know if you had any, if you have any, I would love to hear, you know, something, what you think this tops living set needs to do. Sure. Well, uh, the, the tops living set I think would be, would benefit in just from even introducing like some type of, and I don't want to see 20, 20 of these, but um, some type of parallel. And like you said, like not to where you purchase more, the point you made about everything getting to be like a pack of cards, like 15 right. and you have the chance to get something. I think that's exactly what needs to happen with these on demand sets, at least, in terms of stuff like that, because really, I mean, when you're selling the autos and you're selling the different pair, I mean, they even break it down by parallels. So they're really setting the entire market of exactly what the autoed card is worth and what the parallels are worth. I would much rather it be, I would much rather it be like you said, where, you know, every, every single one of the sets is 15 bucks, for example, and you have that opportunity to get that because, 
I don't know that to me, I guess that'd be one of those, you know, purists in a way that's something that I think they should do in terms of those sets. But for tops living, I would like to see, you know, somebody buying those parallels, you open up one of the boxes, maybe there's a, maybe there's a parallel of 25, 10 and a one one or something, something that changes it up. Maybe there are a couple of limited um, autographs in it and I'll, and here's even another one, maybe a couple of autographs. She did it at the national and it was a massive success of Mayumi actually signing some of the cards. Yeah, definitely. Drawing, you know, having some of her autographs in there because those are some incredibly sought after um, autographs by an absolutely amazing, amazing artist. So there's so many things that they can do to tweak it a little bit. I hope they at least have that, as an idea down the line, I, I understand why they may not be doing it initially. Cause I mean, put the product out, let's see how it goes, but I hope they're not right. banking on just continuing it the exact same way because they, they're definitely going to need to change it up in some way, shape or form. I think to truly keep people interested if they want to make this a, a decade to decade product. Yeah, it's it's a very cool concept. It'll be interesting to see where it goes in, you know, two years, three years, five, ten years, if they keep going that far. Um, it's definitely unpredictable as to what they're going to do. So um, <clears throat> I know I've kept you a little bit longer than I had anticipated, but I think we both kind of thought that might happen because we get sidetracked oh, yeah. a little bit when we're talking for sure. <laughs> so um, kind of at an hour now, I wanted to – let you plug all of your stuff and then I was going to go ahead and let you go uh, this morning. All right. Well, uh, you guys uh, can check out, let me get that podograph. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podbean, pretty much anywhere where you can find a podcast. Uh, we drop our episodes Friday evenings. Um, this week's it may be uh, on Saturday, as I said, because of Stu's birthday. Um, but we've also got letter rip, which you can check out on our YouTube channel, the let me get that potograph YouTube channel. Um, those, there's not a set schedule on those episodes, but we will have a new episode dropping here, uh, this week. And then mine and Eric Norton show driving the donkeys Tuesdays at nine 30. It's on Facebook live. So it's a web show that you guys will be able to watch live and interact with us and, ask any questions you want and uh, follow us on social media. We're on all the socials. Just search let me get that potograph and uh, check out the show. All right, man. I appreciate you being on here today. I, I apologize for the, the difficulties at first, but once you get an update on the Colton Welker, I would love to have you back and then we'll continue talking. Then once, uh, once you have that update, maybe the playoffs will be a little bit more advanced for the baseball and we can talk about what's going on with that. And then football will be about halfway through the season. So uh, I would love to have you back here in a few weeks. Just let me know when you get that update and we'll see if we can make it work. Absolutely, man. Love to come back and uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Have a good weekend and we'll definitely talk soon. All right. Take it easy. All right, guys, that was Drew from the Make It That Podograph. Uh, like I said, I apologize today. Um, I'm not sure what happened at the beginning of the show. Uh, so you may see two episode 10s in your podcast feed, uh, but that will only happen for a little bit. That first episode 10 is going to get deleted. And I think I talked about 
this earlier, but it was part of the technical difficulty. So I don't know if it was heard by anyone or not. Um, we were not originally on episode 10. Um, a lot of you guys know that have been following and listening that I have had a little bit of a cough and been sick over the past month. And you kind of heard me cough a couple times today. I'm like right there. The more I talk, the more I have to cough. So this podcast is a little difficult on me at times, but I went back and deleted a couple of the episodes just because I was so upset about them. I didn't like how they sounded. Uh, the one with Ross Foreman from TNA, or excuse me, from Impact Wrestling and from TriStar, that one didn't go well. That was a technical difficulty. The ones before that was just me coughing, and I tried to play the uh, Vegas Dave interview about the Mike Trout Superfractor, and that didn't go well. So September was a rough month in general for me. So I apologize to everybody out there. I appreciate you listening, sticking around, and just bearing with me through all of this. Uh, I should be good. Next week should be a, a good episode. Sounds like the cough is pretty much gone. Uh, but like I said, I apologize. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, and if you paid attention to the beginning of the episode, you noticed that the Bruce Buffer intro is no longer there. Uh, we are going to work that out and no longer use that introduction. Uh, to me, it was just, it was stale already. Yeah, you know, it was something that kind of drug on a little bit. Uh, we do have the new intro that's not 100% done, but just kind of wanted to get rid of the Bruce Buffer. I appreciate what he did for us and creating the intro, but I think it's time to move on and do something a little bit different. Uh, we've been working on some new things. Check out our contest on the website. We have the Pick'em contest. We have the Block Pool. Uh, different contests, different concepts. Uh, one is free and one is paid. Uh, the free one is the pick them. Basically, you just go on, pick who you think is going to win for the NFL teams uh, each week. We give away a bunch of prizes. And then the block pool contest is you purchase certain things. You get blocks on the square, kind of like the Super Bowl squares that people do um, each year for the Super Bowl games. You guys, I'm sure I've seen them before. It's a little hard to explain without having the picture uh, to show the person as you're telling them. So I'll let you figure that one out. It is on the website, stillcitycollectibles.com. And then as always, follow the scoop, uh, stillcityscoop.com. All the news will come to your inbox if you, if you subscribe to us. Uh, one, one to four articles a day. Depends on how busy that particular day is. Uh, new release information, editorials. Uh, I had a Khalil Mack editorial that I posted the other day just about how I felt like he was not getting enough attention from collectors as a defensive player. He is definitely getting some, but you know, as, as we all know, offense is what collectors pay attention to. So I'm just trying to get it out there that I think Khalil Mack should be paid attention to. Um, as much as I am not a Bears fan, I'm a blue and gray through and through Detroit Lions fan, but I have to give props where props are due. Khalil Mack uh, deserves some attention from collectors. So check that out. And I'm going to let you go today, you know, just over an hour show. It's great talking with Drew. Drew is one of those guys that I could talk to about 100 subjects, and we could keep going and steamroll that into 200 subjects. So love talking to him. I will definitely keep him in the loop and make him a regular guest on the show. 
So appreciate you listening. Thanks for everything. Have a great weekend and just enjoy that weekend. Uh, some fo- good football games coming up. We had a good one last night, Patriots and the Colts. And I wanted to mention before I forget, Eric Ebron, the tight end from the Colts, who is a former Detroit Lions. This hurts me just a little bit. After last night's game, he has five touchdowns on the season, second only to Calvin Ridley. Granted, he has one extra game because of last night's being a Thursday night game. He has the second most receiving touchdowns in the NFL. This guy definitely has cheap autographs out there, cheap rookie cards. Might be the time to invest in him, flip him later in the season, especially if he keeps catching these touchdowns. Add him to your fantasy team like I did for two different leagues. Um, But like I said, he has five touchdowns. Calvin Ridley is the leader with six. One other person has five touchdowns on the season receiving. That is A.J. Green. Um, A.J. Green will most likely get number six this weekend. We'll see what Calvin Ridley does. Cooper Cup and James White both have four apiece, but James White had his game last night. So, Ebron's going to be second or third in touchdowns uh, by the end of week five. So, definitely a guy to pay attention to. Like I said, get his cards and flip them. I can guarantee he's got some $1, $2 autographs out there somewhere, most likely in a Lions uniform, but, you know, an easy little flip there, maybe $1 to $10 or maybe seven or eight, but you know, that's 700% flip right there. So definitely invested in some Eric Ebron. And while we're talking about Calvin Ridley, six touchdowns, we do have a ton of stuff on the site, a ton of autographed memorabilia for Calvin Ridley. Uh, We've got Alabama stuff, Falcons stuff, jerseys, helmets, you name it. We have it for Calvin Ridley. That is one guy that we, uh, we're able to get a ton of stuff from. So check him out on the site, steelcitycollectibles.com. Just search Calvin Ridley and you'll see everything that we have to offer. And I will actually let you guys go this time. No fake outs. So enjoy your weekend, watch some football, and I will be back next week uh, with a yet-to-be-determined guest. We have a couple things lined up, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So uh, enjoy your weekend and watch some football. Yeah.